0: We're going to read from John 3 verse 16. This is called the confirmation of God's love. So in John 3:16 it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And I use the word eternal because that's the uh, word in the original. It's not everlasting, it's eternal. <clears throat> and I want to explain this verse this way, and I'm going to break it up, and possibly you've heard this before, but I want to share this tonight. So the first word is God. And what does that reveal? It reveals the greatest lover. Then we come to the word soul. And that speaks of the greatest intensity. Loved. God so loved and loved here speaks of the greatest love. The world. And that speaks of the greatest company. That he gave speaks of the greatest gift. His only Son, and that speaks of the greatest Savior. That whosoever speaks of the greatest opportunity, would believe, speaks of the greatest simplicity, should not perish the greatest promise, but have eternal life the greatest possession. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. <clears throat> now in First John, chapter 3 it says this in verse 1 Behold what manner what foreign kind of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God therefore the world knows us not and just think of how sad that is we know and God would always have us to know the fact that we are loved by him the proof unfortunately at times that we are so loved by him is the fact that the world knows us not The reason is, is because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we will be, but we know, and that's what God wants us to experience, that we are to know, that when he will appear, that when he will be manifested, and whatever that might be, it might be in the rapture, it might be like many of our loved ones that have gone on to see him face to face in First Corinthians 13 verse 12, but when he will be manifested, and that's the right word here in the original, we will be like him. When we see Christ face to face, we will be like him. What is it like to be like him? It is to be so loved by God the Father. It is to be so accepted into his eternal embrace. For we will see him as he is. What is it to see him as he is? We are to see him as he so loves us. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Even as he is pure. So Christ, in Christianity, takes us outside of every single thing that is earthly or worldly now. Takes us outside of it. In other words, we don't ever have to seek acceptance there. Because in Ephesians 1, verse 6, we've already, by receiving Christ as our Savior, been accepted in who? What does it say? The Beloved. Him who was so beloved. He has taken us out of the world system in Colossians 1 verse 13. He's taken us out of it. And translated us into the kingdom. The King James says of his dear son. The Greek says has translated us, us, us. Into the kingdom of the son of his love. (laughs) That's what the original says. Well, he's taken us outside of everything. And placed us in a love that will never change. Malachi 3, verse 6. I am the Lord, your God. I am change not God can't change who he is God can't change who he is and the manifestation of the greatest gift that he's given the proof of his soul love is him giving his son because he loved us so much so very much And so he would have us to know and wants us to know deeply just how much we are loved, just how much we are valued, where our value lies, where our acceptance lies. My value is not in how I sense that I love him. It's not. Because it's very clear in the scriptures in 1 John 4, verse 10, herein is love. Herein is God, who is love. Not that we loved him. What is he saying? If you want to know what where your value is and your acceptance is, it's in him who loves us it doesn't have a thing to do with our feelings furthermore in second corinthians 5 verse 7 we walk by faith not by senses and feelings we walk by absolute dependence upon the most certain facts that god who is love so loves us that he gave us his son He gave us the greatest love that He could ever give us. And nothing can ever separate us from it. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31, all the way down through to verse 39. And so, God would even have, if you look at these earlier chapters in 1 John chapter 2, even the little children. He said, I write unto you little children. You're brand new, born again. You don't know very much, but this one thing I want you to know. I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven you. Why do some have a difficulty with the love of God for them personally? Because their thoughts are involved about what they perceive themselves to be in their sins, little children, I write unto you, because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. First John four eight and sixteen, God is love, and love gives. And the, his very nature is the activity of his, of his very being, of his very life. So I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him. That is from the beginning. And has he ever been anything other than who he is? God is what? He's love. I write unto you, young men because you have overcome the wicked one. Does that have anything to do with our thoughts outside of his thoughts? What does faith have to do with feelings? doesn't have a single thing to do with it. I don't look within to see if God loves me. I look to him who does love me. I look to him in Zephaniah 3 verse 17 who rests in his love. He rests in his love for us. And we'll see very very soon how he rests in a love for us that concerning us individually and very personally and very intimately has been completed and perfected. Not based upon our feelings, based upon the facts and certainty of God's word. And can he lie? Numbers 23, verse 19. <clears throat> God is not a man that he should lie, nor ever change his mind. Titus 1, 2 and Hebrews six eighteen: God cannot lie. Because Christ came to manifest a love that was full of grace and truth. That's all there is in the love of God in terms of his manifestation of that love towards us. In John 1, verse 14, Christ being the very gift of it that was given to us. <clears throat> and so the young men are to absolutely depend upon the certainty and facts of God's word. Listen, faith Means absolute dependence. Not upon our feelings, but upon the absolute certainty of God's word, of God's definition of us, which is Jesus Christ. So in Hebrews 11, verse 1, <clears throat> faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance. Faith is the substantiation. Faith is the title deed. Faith is the proof of ownership. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not seen. Do we look for the evidence that's in us? Is faith without evidence? Faith is founded on the most certain evidence that there is. this. is called the word of God. Faith is not a leap in the dark. Faith is not taking a step. And then when I, when I, when there's nothing there, if I have faith and all of a sudden it's solid, that's not faith. Faith is absolute dependence and reliance on the most solid facts that God cannot lie, cannot change his mind. Therefore, dependence upon him frees me from anything in the self-life that would interfere with the fact that God does love us and he's proven it and the consistency of his character, nature and essence expressed through the word and the word is Jesus Christ and he has given his son to us <clears throat> and God is not an Indian giver whatsoever God does he does what? he does it forever Ecclesiastes 3 verse 14 whatsoever he does he does forever and so young men little little children young men and spiritual fathers are to absolutely depend upon it absolutely depend upon it And so even here, when we read 1 John 3, 1 to 3, here in this specific time, and even in our times right now, this was written for us because God, the Lord, as ever in his grace, was constantly meeting the efforts of Satan. To to even entertain the fact that God doesn't love me at all times is an absolute effort of Satan. And how did he meet it? How did he meet it then? How does he meet it now? By a fuller assertion of that which was from the beginning. Well, really, a beginning? An eternity past? If we can say so. Was Christ the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world? Was the world created and then time created? What, who was slain before that? Was there love and, and activity in the mind of God? Yes. Did he have us in mind? Absolutely. So that which was from the beginning, that that his son dealt with for his divine glory, and the clearing, the comfort, that that would consolidate the very family of God. Even the babes. Were to know. That love. The justice of God. The righteousness and integrity of God. Was met by Jesus Christ. So love flows freely. Can can sin interrupt the fellowship of it? Yes. But it doesn't touch the position of or the reality of it. And even love. Has given us the provision. To confess our sins. That that would even interrupt. The fellowship. On our side. In 1 John 1. Verse 9. So even the babes. Because what greater security. Than to find ourselves. The object of the Father's love. The very love that he loved the Son. The love that was in the Son. The love that was for the Son. And then the very Son himself in us. (laughs) Most incredible proof of his love for us. And that love would put us in him. Not only put him in us, but would put us in him. That's what that love would do. And given us the Holy Spirit. To give us the comfort of his love. In his absence. Christ would intercede for us. (laughs) Here is the beloved son. Operating in the activity of love that would intercede for us. In In Romans 8 verse 34. He intercedes for us. In Hebrews 7 verse 25 and Hebrews 9 verse 24, he ever lives to intercede for us with a love that will never let us go. Never. And it's not based upon and doesn't have a thing to do with how we feel towards him. It's his love towards us that's the issue. the objects of that love and then as we begin to wrap this up in 1 John 4 in 1 John chapter 4 this is what it says here in verse 10 herein is love not that we loved God the enemy will come in and accuse us constantly, that we don't love God, so therefore, (laughs) could he love us? (laughs) The reality is, herein is love, not that we loved God, but we're to be separated from that. God wants us separated from thinking the issue is not that we love God but that he loved us because God is love and sent his son the propitiation for our sins what is he saying here this is what he's saying you and I are partakers of a life that flows from the manifestation of God's love. A life that is separated from all that is not of that nature of love. (laughs) It's huge. It was pure and perfect love in the mind of God himself. The expression of of what he is in this love. Why? Because there was nothing in you and I to attract or awaken that love. We were dead. Read Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Romans 5, verse 6. When we were what? without strength he loved us love sent very active his son for who when did he love us when did he love us Romans 5 6 when we were yet without strength and what ungodly not like him he loved us He loved us. Romans 5, verse 8, when we were active sinners, he loved us. When we were enemies, in Romans 5, verse 10, we were reconciled to his son, to him through his son. What makes us think now that we are, that it could be anything less? when we were dead without strength ungodly sinners and enemies then he died for us and we received that fact what then could ever separate us now from the love that resides from the father for his son with him and us and us and him it was this pure love we were dead but God gave the one blessed one of his undisturbed and undistracted love his only begotten son for me when I was dead spiritually speaking dead herein then was love not that we loved God because that would be law works but that he loved us we were guilty as well as dead but Christ came to be the propitiation for our sins that is the pure love of God without motive without a single motive. But what was in himself took us up when our condition, our state, was one of death and guilt through sin. It was in this condition and as being in it when we were loved. And the love, that love applied itself To that condition that we were in. What could change it now? He wants us then to look for it. In him alone. And know it's absolute completeness in him. Because what? What were we? What were we? When he loved us? Well, we were only a needy undeserving person. That's what we were. Herein and I'll read it to you the way the King James says it. Now I'm going to read it to you the right way in the original literally the way that the Holy Spirit in the original penned it for our benefit. To his glory, to God's glory, and for our benefit and blessing. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. How bold should we be now? (laughs) Because as he is, so are we in this world system. and there's no fear in this love because if there is fear in me I'm certainly not looking to him I'm looking within that's what the enemy wants he wants us to look within faith looks without it has an object outside of itself that it can absolutely depend on and never change but when we fear when there's fear in us About our relationship with God. It's because that you and I, in that time, are not perfected or completed in the face of Christ. Or in other words, the manifestation of the love of God. Something's coming in between of this constant manifestation that we are so loved in his son. And what is he speaking of here? He is speaking of our acceptance in the Beloved, which is what alone casts out all fear out of our soul. Or in other words, gets our mind off of self, the consciousness of self, and gets us right back into God-consciousness. And when I function in God-consciousness, I function in who Christ is in me and who I am in Him and the Father's eternal embrace <coughs> towards His Son with you and I in Him. This is what He would have us to do, to constantly experience the love that has positioned us in Him in the heavens. Yes, we're on the earth now. But this is what he would have. He would have our eyes off of self and upon him. And so his perfect love casts fear out of us. (laughs) He doesn't want his children fearing any more than you and I. Even in loving discipline, would ever want our children to fear us in that sense, to dread us, to dread our presence. Because even in the discipline, it would be a love that would want to comfort them and correct them about the love that loves them. The fact of the matter is, is this is how this verse reads, That it's not our love is made perfect or complete. That is not what it says. This is what it says. That love has been perfected or completed with us. (laughs) That's what it is. Love concerning you and I has been completed. Listen, he can't do anything but love us, it's been completed. We're complete in him. Right? Colossians 2 verse 9. The King James says he is the fullness. He was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And in Colossians 2.10 it says, And you are complete in him. Let me say what it says in the original. That when Jesus walked the face of the earth, he was filled up with all of who God is. Himself the Son, God the Father in him, the Holy Spirit in him. And he was filled up in his human body, his perfect human body, his sinless human body. His body that never had a sin nature and never was tempted to sin was affected by it, yes, in terms of suffering, yes. And then in 2.10 it says, and you are filled up in him, (laughs) Get God on our side, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is a love that has been completed concerning you and I. God's love has been perfected or completed in regard to you and I. It it has found its way. Love has found its own way. Love has completed its own will in blessing us. Love found a way. It found a way. Its justice and righteousness and integrity and holiness was met by Jesus Christ. Cleared so that love flows freely. There is a freedom in the experience of a love that has positioned us in Christ. There's a a sense of freedom there's a sense of freedom and God's love has been completed in regards to us it's found a way to bless us and that love is not satisfied as long as it sees in us the least element of fear remaining because love and fear are antagonistic one to another one to another who can separate us from the love of Christ? Who can separate us from the love of God? Romans 8 31 to 39. Can anything separate us from Him loving us now that we're in His Son? Will, will anything ever be other than the issue of His love for us? It can never be that way because it's been perfected. So, Father, we thank you for the truth. And you said in John 8, verse 31, if you continue in my word, the son of his love, the word is Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is the beloved, and we are in the Father's beloved, and he loves us just like he loves his son. And that love is undisturbed and undistracted. And he wants that to be our experience and even we said that's why he's given us the unbelievable provision of love which is called confessing our sin and knowing that it's not who we are our sin is not who we are that is not love's definition of us love's definition of us the father's definition of us is Jesus Christ seated at the right hand resting as a man now in the the eternal embrace of the Father he doesn't want any fear, he doesn't want terror. he doesn't want fearfulness, he doesn't want timidity. He doesn't want us fleeing and running away from him and experiencing dread and terror. He doesn't want us to experience torment. He doesn't want us to experience the lie of the punishment. Because Jesus Christ has dealt with it. He's born all the wrath that was, that you and I deserved, he has dealt with and removed. Nothing but your love for his father, nothing but your love. and it's something that we can operate in freely. and so in John 8 verse 31, if you continue in my word, then you are my well-disciplined thinkers and you, will know the truth, the truth of love, and you will experience love's freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.